0: Welcome to the Southcrest Church Podcast. We are one church meeting in two locations in South Atlanta. You can find more sermons just like this one on our website. Visit us at southcrest.church. Today's sermon comes from our Roots series, where we explore the parable of the soil and learn what it means to have healthy Christ-like soil in our lives. Now let's hear a word from God today. What's up, everybody? How's it How's it going? You guys good? Come on, wake up a little bit. It's okay. May 15th, welcome to South Crest Church. My name's Matt McFadden. I'm the creative arts pastor here. It's an absolute privilege and honor to be standing in front of you today. We are right in the middle of our root series, just like Jake said. We are looking at what it takes to have spiritual growth in our life, and we're breaking apart a parable out of Matthew 13. And Jesus is comparing the condition of our heart to soil. He's breaking it down in a very simple way for us to understand And uh, our campus pastor, Jake and Dukes, he opened last week, and what he talked about was in order for us to take spiritual steps in our lives, we have to approach God's truth with an open heart. Turn to your neighbor and say, open heart. All right, we, we can do a little interaction. We can do a little interaction. It's okay. Also, we have to remain in a constant state of receiving, okay? When we open up God's word and when we hear a word from God, we can never approach this word as, you know what, I've already heard that. Hey, I was raised in church. I've already read the parable of the sowers like 1,100 times, okay? I've already read it, I already know. If I approach God's word in that way, guess what? I won't be able to understand it. I won't be able to hear it. We have to approach God's word in a manner in which this is a personal, personal message for me. So today, that's what I want us to do. Man, I'm so excited to be kicking this uh, week two off. I want to welcome our LaGrange campus. We're live between two cities right now. Let's give it up for our LaGrange campus, Newton. LaGrange, give it up for, for Newton up here. Man, we're a big, happy family across uh, two cities, man. It's just an awesome, awesome, technology's awesome. I'm just telling you right now. Well, turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 13. We're going to be looking at the parable of the sower, and uh, if you don't know what a parable is, it's real simple, all right? It's a story that Jesus spoke, a story that Jesus spoke to make the difficult things of the kingdom of God easy to understand. So here's the key. Today, just like Jake talked about last week, let's keep an open heart, all right? Let's keep an open heart and an open mind. At the same time, if we approach God, God's word with this resistance or an ignorant heart, like, hey, I don't want it, that's not for me, or I've already heard that, guess what? The things of God will be difficult for us to understand, so I want to encourage you in that today. Matthew 13, I'm going to read a good chunk of scripture to you today, so bear with me. If you're following along on your your iPhone, something really cool, open up the Bible app, click on the more button, click on events, and then you're going to be able to follow along with sermon notes, verses, scriptures, it's super cool, and uh, we have announcements on there, all kind of really awesome things, so if you don't have the Bible app, download that thing, follow along, super easy, I see some phones out now, that's cool, and uh, it's a great way to follow along. Parable of the Sower, Matthew 13, you guys Ready? You guys ready? I know it's 9:30. We can wake up though. We can wake up. Here we go. Matthew 13. The same day Jesus went out of the house, sat by the lake, such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it. While all the people stood on the shore, then he told them many things in parables, saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky places, Where it did not have much soil and it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. That's what we're talking about today. Other seeds fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seeds fell on good soil where it produced a crop. A hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Underline that in your Bible. Very, very important right there. Underline that. He who has, whoever has ears, let him hear. The disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, because the kingdom, I'm sorry, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, not, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. And though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this, people's hearts has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they've closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. Blessed are you, your eye, because uh, blessed are you, your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. For truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they do not see, and to hear what you hear, but they did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed along the path. In verse 20, here's where we're going to park for a few minutes. The seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When troubles or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Let's pray. God, we we love you today. God, this is all for you. We come to learn more about you. We come to draw closer to you today. God, I pray that you give each and every one of us ears to hear today. God, that you would give each and every one of us eyes to see what you're trying to show us today. God, would you give us a heart that understands today. God, I just thank you for each person in here. I pray that you'd bless them. And it's in your name I pray. And everybody said... Amen. You know, if you know me, I'm very, very easily excited. I love stuff. I love new experiences. I love new things. I want to get into something new each and every day. And if I could purchase everything, I probably would have one of everything. That's just my personality. I like stuff. And I can think back to a time in my life. 2002, I was a student pastor down in LaGrange, and we had this ministry called Elevate, and we had tons of kids pour into our facility, and we had basketball tournaments once a month and all kinds of really cool things. And I thought, you know what? We're not reaching the skateboard community. I want to reach the skateboard community. So I built a half pipe in my student room, concrete floors. No, I did not think about having insurance uh, for these students, these young kids, thinking they could drop in on a skateboard. I didn't even think about that, man. I'm like, I'm building this thing. So I went to work. We built a half pipe, had tons of kids come and, and skate on it. it was, I did get insurance, by the way. I didn't just let them skate without insurance. Um, we, we had tons of kids coming, man. It was awesome. So I wanted to be in this culture, this community of people, man. I was excited, right? So, But I wanted to be a rollerblader, right? I, I wanted to get some rollerblades, I wanted to drop, I wanted to be a rollerblading phenom, okay, so what did I do? I went out and bought some rollerblades, and I went out and bought a helmet, so I strapped them things on, here we go, right, put the helmet on, I'm up at the top, I drop in, and I just, I just bite, I just bite it, man, I land so hard on my face, I have a photo of it, actually, Uh, that's me, I have no idea what that smile is on my face, I look like, I don't know what's going on, I shouldn't be smiling, that hurt, that physically hurt, so, Anyways, not too much longer after that moment of me falling and realizing I am not a rollerblader, I sold those rollerblades and I'm on to the next thing, right? And if you know any of my friends from that period of time in my life, if I'm excited about another thing, they coined this phrase, oh Matt, that's just yet another pair of rollerblades. Ben Hosey will say that. Matt, that's just another pair of rollerblades. And so, uh, man, but I always argued. I said, you know what? I'm into this. I'm really, really into this. I'm really excited about it. But the reality is, the second that the excitement and the newness and the shininess wears off, I'm on to the next thing. And you know, when it comes to God's word and it comes to our gospel experience, that's a trap that we can often fall into as well. Let's say that some of you, maybe some of you know somebody, they come to a church service, they hear a great message, and all of a sudden they're moved, they're excited right, or they did something really bad over the weekend, they say, man, I gotta get to church today, I gotta get to church on Sunday, because I need to hear a word, and they get excited, and they're pumped up, or the band kills it, man, Mike Birchfield just ripping solos, right, and the band's awesome, and I'm just, I'm moved with emotion, right, and our emotions move us to a decision about the gospel, and we're excited, but let me ask you a question, what happens when that excitement wears off? What happens if our emotions lead us down the wrong path? And here's the thing. I'm not knocking emotions. God created us with emotions. He created us to be emotional beings. And I would think something would be wrong if you weren't excited about things, right? But our emotions, if we follow them everywhere they turn, they're going to lead us astray because they change, right? Emotions change with two things, our environments. Many of you may walk into a job tomorrow morning, Monday morning, to a boss or somebody at, at your work that you don't like, and all of a sudden your emotions are now changing, right? Or your, ex- your circumstances, the things you're going through in life. You may be going through a traumatic time in your life. Guess what? Your emotions aren't high. They're very low. So let me ask you that question, man. What, what happens when the emotion, the hype of the gospel, or our experience in Jesus wears off? What I'm, what I'm here to tell you today is the gospel has to be more than simply an emotional experience. And when God, when, we, when Jesus is breaking down the parable of the sower, what he is talking about is this very trap, this very warning. He is talking about somebody who gets really, really excited about the gospel, right? So let's read. Let's read verse 5. We're going to back up to verse 5, Matthew 13. Some fell... On the rocky places where it did not have much soil, it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered away. You and I, we absolutely have to develop roots in order for us to survive. We have to develop roots in order for us to survive. And when it comes to this rocky soil, here's what God's saying. He's saying this person gets all excited about, about his experience. We see immediate growth, this rapid, explosive growth. You know, maybe, God, maybe this person approached God and said, you know what, God? You, you've met my felt need. And so an emotional decision drew me in. And so we see immediate growth. But here's the problem. There are no roots when it comes to somebody with rocky Soil These people accept the shiny, exciting things of God, but unfortunately, they never allowed Him to cultivate and change and, and do something in their heart. They've resisted they've resisted God. Listen, roots, these roots that he's talking about can only grow down so far before they hit the selfishness of our hearts, the hardness. Of our hearts, They can't grow any, any past that. So let's break this down, right? So obviously the seed is God's truth, right? And so when the sower, when God casts out that seed and he throws it out and it lands on this soil, right? This box of soil looks incredible, right? But what we don't realize is that directly under that soil is a very thick, very hard layer of rock. You know what's a scary thought I was thinking about? We can see people grow we can see people green up and grow but they have no ability to produce fruit crazy right i was reading this and i was studying that hit me i was like dear lord please never allow me to be the person that thinks i'm growing that thinks i'm doing great but in reality i have no roots and i don't have any ability to produce to produce uh fruit that's a scary thought You know, and we we see that there's an immediate growth in this shallow soil even faster than what happens in good soil, because there's nowhere but up for it to go. If you skip on down to verse 20, I want to read on, you can skip all that um, dialogue there between Jesus and the disciples, and he goes to explain it. He explains what this parable is talking about. Verse 20, the seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. That rollerblade Christian, right? That Christian who's all about it, baby. Woo, Jesus, yeah. He receives it with joy. 21 says, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. You see, the sun here, the sun represents these trials, right? So what is this sun, per se? Well, the sun and these trials and persecutions, what he's talking about is not having a flat tire, like, man, dang, I had a flat tire, that just stinks, or, or you spill soup on your, your, your favorite tie. He's actually talking about the cost of discipleship. He's, ca- he's talking about what it takes to be a disciple. You know, it's interesting to note here that it's the same sun, the same trials that shines on the rocky soil, as it's the same sun that shines on the good soil, you and I can't have spiritual growth unless we go through trial. It's absolutely impossible to grow, to have roots, if we don't experience this cost. So let me break this down to you real quick. Luke 14, turn with me in your Bibles. Luke 14, another really cool parable. Jesus is breaking down for everybody. And I'm gonna skip around, but I really encourage you to read all of Luke 14. Incredible passage, right? He breaks down what this actual cost is. All right? What is the cost of discipleship? It's kind of heavy, but I want to read it to you, all right? Verse 26 If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. and whoever does not carry their their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Skipping down to verse 33, in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything cannot be my disciples. And it's interesting to note that he finishes up this parable the same way he does the parable of the sower. Whoever has ears, let them hear. So what is the cost? What is the cost of being a disciple? Give up everything? What's the, co- what's the cost of being a disciple, a follower of Christ? Hate your own self? Ooh, man, I don't know. That's kind of high. That, that cost is pretty steep. What's the cost of being a disciple? Die to yourself every day you wake up, carry your cross. That's the cost of being a disciple. And when it comes to the parable of the soil and having a rocky heart, this person decides that it's too high of a price. He says, I cannot afford it, right? It's too much work. I have all this rock in my life. I have all these things in my life. I gotta get rid of that? That's too much work, man. It's too heavy to handle. I borrowed a pressure washer from a friend of mine. He goes to church here. This gentleman is a manly man, okay? He's a man's man. I think there's two types of men. Let me me just, if you will, two types of men, all right? I fall into the first category, I am a male, I am strong, I amaze my wife with feats of strength in the kitchen by opening jars of jelly, I reduce the milk carton down, I just obliterate milk cartons, you know, for reducing, like I fall into that category, alright? And then there's this other category of man, and it's strong man-man, okay? Like just, you were born with this man's strength, right? Right? This gentleman has this man's strength. God passed right beside me. I mean, he's like, nope, you ain't getting it, you ain't getting it, okay. Going on to the next guy, right? I borrow this pressure washer, it's amazing, right? It's an awesome pressure washer. He says, Matt, do you live in a two-story house? I said, as a matter of fact, I do live in a two-story house. He's like, good. I have a second-story pressure washing wand for you. I was like, wand? Is this a magic wand that I just wave it across my house and it's perfectly clean and pressure washed? Turns out it was the devil's wand. It was not, it's, it's awful, okay? Like, I get geared up, I'm ready, I'm thinking this is going to be, this is awesome, man, I do have to get on a ladder, right? Extend this thing on out, I'm barely, I barely get it in the air, and I hit the handle, and it's everything I can do to keep that thing just up in the air. I got zebra stripes all over my house because I just can't seem to control it. I gave up, man, I gave up. So if you ever come to my house, you're allowed to look about eight foot and down. It's just pristine, all right? Just perfectly pristine. The, the, cost, the cost of pressure washing my house was too high, and I quit. I just could not handle it. It was too much. And I did finish pressure washing, and I did get up on the ladder, and I finished it up, so it's looking great. But here's what Jesus is saying. He's actually saying that when it comes to these trials, that they, that they will confirm some And they will shake and they will kill others. If you look at the life of Paul, I I won't go into it right now, but Philippians 1.12, he talks about all that he went through. All the trials actually helped to advance and further the gospel. The trials that he went through confirmed him. He did not wither away and die. Why? Because he actually had roots. He actually had roots. So you ask me, Matt, what... That's cool, I kinda identify with this idea. I do, I resist God a little bit when it comes to what he's calling me to. The cost of being a disciple is a bit steep, and lately, I, I've been resisting God. So, so tell me, Matt, what, what exactly are these roots in my life? Well, let me tell you, the roots in your life, the roots in our, I'm sorry, the rocks in our life are me. Turn to your neighbor and say, the rocks are me. The rocks are me, right? We get in the way, we hinder spiritual growth that's supposed to take place in our lives. Our selfishness hinders and gets in the way of what's supposed to happen there. It hinders the growth. That's supposed to take place and the roots that are supposed to take place the people with this rocky soil right here The people with this this soil on the outside They look great with these rocky but they have this layer of rock underneath It's these types of people that approach jesus as if he's a life enhancement But let me tell you something jesus didn't come to just enhance your life so you can look good He came to change your life, right? We, we can't approach God and say, you know what, God, I'm going to take this part of the, of the Bible because I really like that part, that's a good part, but, but this back part right here, I don't know, this is a little bit too heavy for me, God, I can't handle it. A lot of people approach Jesus, these people like this approach Jesus um, just to simply feel better about themselves. Maybe they're struggling, maybe they, they want to feel better, maybe they made a mistake, but they approach Jesus and say, you know what, I, I'm you know, I'll look good, I'll grow a little bit, but I can't have spiritual roots because there's things in my life that are hindering it. We hinder the spiritual growth that has to take place in our lives. Matthew 13, verse 17. It's a crazy, crazy verse to me, I think. Um, this, This 13, verse 17 says this, for truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they do not see it. And hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Hold on. What what list of people did he just say? Prophets and righteous people, right? These are the people that we're supposed to be looking up to, right? These are the people that we're supposed to be like. But in reality, they have something in their life that is resisting the truth of God to be planted in their life and in their hearts. They have rocks just just beneath the soil that they are unwilling to deal with. So you say, Matt, how do I know if I have a rocky heart? How do I know if that's, if that's me? You know, I kind of identify this. Well, there's a few things that I'd like to list out to you that uh, if these aren't evident in your life, then I think you may want to examine, hey, am I resisting God's truth in my life? Number one, do you, do you have a deep conviction of sin in your life? When you make a mistake and when you fall short, do you have this conviction in your life that says, you know what, I've got to make this right before the Lord, or are you just okay with it? Are you just okay with the sin? Hey, that's just me. That's the way I was born. It's my nature. Do you have a genuine sense of lostness? Do you think you're the captain of your ship and you're fine and you don't need God? Or do you actually think and feel and know in your mind that without Christ I am completely lost? Do you have a strong desire for God to cleanse you? We see that evident in the life of David in Psalms. He's going before the Lord all the time saying, God, cleanse me. Make a, make a clean heart inside of me. Do you have that same sense? Do you, have, do you love his word? When you open up God's word, do you love the truth that you read? Are you willing to suffer for his sake? Do you hunger for righteousness? Would you, rather, Or do you rather hunger for the things of this world? You know, where do you land on these questions right here? If you land on a lot of the no side, then maybe we need to, Figure out, and maybe we need to deal with the rockiness of our heart today. The rocky condition of our heart. If we don't have spiritual roots in our life, we will be pushed over and we will be burned up and we will not last. I want to last. I want to last. When the trials come my way, I want to be confirmed. I want to last. So what is this parable talking about? And we're going to dig this a little bit deeper next week and, and a couple of weeks to come. Here's what this parable is talking about. What you do with truth is up to you. What you do with God's truth is up to you. Isn't that interesting? The Holy Spirit draws us in, right? God's word is awesome. He, he casts it. He plants it. And then it's up to us whether we're willing to receive it, if we're willing to work and break up our hard hearts and prepare ourselves to receive the word of God. It's up to us. Matt, so wait, wait, what are you saying? You're saying that that I'm responsible for my spiritual growth? That's exactly what I'm saying. When we stand before the Lord, we're not gonna be able to point our finger and say, Southcrest didn't grow me. Southcrest Church right there that, that church down there they didn't grow me or all those leadership development books that I got on my, I got them alphabetized too Lord they're awesome they're in order color, color coded too uh, I read all those I didn't grow it's their fault it's, that, it's them or all the all the podcasts I listen to podcasts every day of the week driving to work Lord it's those preachers that never I didn't get fed it's, it's their fault no 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 what God's saying here is it's, it's up to me what I do with truth is up to me. So what is the point of this whole rocky soil as we begin to to wind down? We must break up our hard hearts so roots can grow. If you're taking notes, write that down. We must break up our hard hearts in order for roots to be able to grow. And let me ask you this question. Are you willing to go to work? Are you willing to go to work on your heart? It's a tough question because you know what? We, we in life, we're comfortable. Life is comfortable. But are you willing, I got a friend here, are you willing to go to work on the hardness of your heart, right? Are you? You ready? You willing? Oh, Matt, but it's comfortable here. Matt, I'm very, very comfortable. You don't understand. My life is great, right? Are you willing to go to work on your heart today? Yeah, I'm gonna fire it up. Yeah, I'm gonna break up some rock today because I'm willing today. Hey, it's uncomfortable. This is uncomfortable. This is uncomfortable for me to break up rock, right? This is, man, this is, I don't, I don't like this. Lord, this is difficult, right? Are you willing to go to work on your own life, your own heart today? Are you, are you willing to make the choice to put aside your comfort today so that you can have roots Here's what I'm saying. Roots can't grow past our selfishness. We have to get our hands dirty. We have to come over here and we have to begin to, to work the ground and we gotta say, you know what, God? These are the rocks in my life that I'm giving up. God, this rock of addiction, this is what I'm gonna give up to you today. The things in my life that I think I absolutely have to have, right? The things I look at or the things I have to own. Today, God, I surrender this part of my life to you. I'm getting rid of that rock. It's done, it's no longer you got to get back into your heart and you got to get back into your life and you got to break up more rock and you've got to say, you know what? The lust of the flesh, my selfishness, I've lived my life, my way, far too long and today, God, I'm working the soil of my heart and I refuse to live with a rocky heart anymore. I refuse. I get rid of it. You know, these comforting things that are in our lives that, that uh, you know, I don't know, maybe it's Facebook, maybe it's Things that we get on there, we envy people. We get on Facebook and we look and we say, We gotta have those things. There's this void in my life. So I get on Facebook and I either gossip about things or, or or I look and I say, Man, I gotta have that life. I gotta have that family. God, today I give that up to you. I'm looking to you. I'm looking to you, God. Oh Matt, but you don't understand. I have needs in my life. I have needs. Let me tell you something about your need, okay? Can I tell you about something? tell you something about your need? Your needs will always confuse you. Your needs are a, are a secret to you. They're a mystery to you and me until we surrender our lives to Christ. The second we surrender our life to Christ, our needs come into full view. We actually see our only need as a relationship with him. We see that our only need is a life rooted and built in him, in him alone. We don't need this other things in our life. We don't need that. We need to break up our hard hearts. I need to break up my hard heart today. Are you willing to do the work to break up your hard heart? So whenever you know you prepare the soil, a farmer he works, he works very hard, and so when it's clean, fresh soil. And when the seed hits it, it's able to be planted. It's able to go down and have roots. It's ready. So if you would, bow your heads with me. Thanks for listening to the South Crest Church Podcast. Visit our website to learn more about who we are. Head over to southcrest.church. There you can also donate to our ministry. This allows us to bring life-changing content to the web every week. Visit Southcrest. Dot church forward slash give. We'll see you next time.